0: Welcome to the Woman X Film Festival podcast. I am Amy and today I'm interviewing J.D. Duffield and Gabriela Staniszewska about their film Yummy Mummy, which is screening at Woman X in September as part of our Something Sinister This Way Comes strand. So just a quick fire round to start with both of you. So just three quick questions to kick things off. What is your favourite film of the year so far?
1: I've just seen Scrapper, which was done by Charlotte Regan at Sundance, which was brilliant. I haven't seen
2: that.
1: Mm, uh, mine was uh clear winner for me was
2: rye lane i absolutely loved Rylane. lane i thought it was one of the most romantic film. films it's absolutely adorable it is uh london's before sunrise and it's a love letter to south london it's absolutely beautiful it's and second upcoming film you're both looking forward to
1: oh it would be between killers of the flower moon scorsese's movie that's coming out but also deadpool 3 okay so maybe deadpool 3
2: uh, mine is Dune Part Two. I am a, a, a massive fan of Villeneuve, so like for me, that is just—I keep watching Dune Part One. I just keep watching it because it's just stunning. And um, yeah, this, his use of sound and kind of everything else about in to say the score is like amazing. It's incredible because it's sound design. It's not just—it's not—it's not, it's not um, composition. It's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's sound design, and it's like really inspiring because I really like working in in sound and post production. And the way he uses post production is exactly kind of where I want to go with stuff so like I watch it every single time I'm like wow like it's he's really impressionistic filmmaking I love it and lastly describe yummy mummy in three words
1: bloody madness invisible <laughs> I came up with no more
2: you <laughs> kind of yeah so loss of identity that's basically yeah. but no more yeah. you I quite like well I know more you that's what we should have put that on the on on the label <laughs>
0: So now to kick things off properly, can you briefly
2: explain the premise of Yummy Mummy? Lilith is pregnant. Uh, Those around her start treating her differently. They stop hearing her, stop listening to her, stop seeing her. She starts to forget who she is as the new identity of mummy gets closer and closer. Um, And then she begins she begins to fall apart, quite literally. So
0: sticking on Yummy Mummy for now, what are three films that um, you took inspiration from when either writing or actually um, in production of
2: Yummy Mummy? Bram Stoker's Dracula, uh, Black Swan, and the episode of Buffy, Vampire Slayer, that somebody, some girl gets so ignored repeatedly that she eventually disappears, that episode. I can't remember what it's called. But those three things, but also honourable mention uh, for Ari Aster's The Strange Thing About the Johnsons, just because I always liked honourable mention that film because it every time what film to watch I'm like watch that film it'll blow your mind and totally change the way you see filmmaking like that is completely but yeah definitely Bram Stoker's Dracula in the kind of lush plush bloody backwards weirdness the sound all that kind of stuff is in there black swan female kind of accoutrement horror that kind of stuff and yeah the basic kind of premises from that episode of the Buffy uh Buffy the Vampires there. So yeah. Yeah I've never actually seen Buffy
0: but um thinking about it now I know thinking about it now the black swan influence like that's yeah with the mirror that's brilliant yeah so um, Yummy Mummy is about, as you said, um, a woman who's pregnant and the title of like kind of motherhood keeps getting closer and closer and really affect her um, in quite a gruesome way. And last year we screened Choose Your Weapon, which you two did together again, and that's also uh, centering on motherhood. And it's, you two both mainly work, if I'm correct, in horror, sci-fi, action, those kind of genres. We don't really see kind of authentic portrayals of motherhood in horror, action and sci-fi focusing actually on the complexities of it that isn't just in a way of like you are your child and that's kind of the role you serve um which i mean obviously focuses on how that kind of loss of identity that comes alongside it so what kind of inspired to make a kind of authentic portrayal of motherhood in these dramas
2: definitely um my own pregnancy i mean basically my own my own experiences my first pregnancy both my pregnancies, has been lovely and i've been very healthy and happy and it's no reflection whatsoever on my actual pregnancies (laughs) She's a weapon was much more a reflection of actually what happened to me with regards to uh my own postnatal anxiety and stuff like that but yummy mummy was very much more of a idle kind of thought about how weird it is to be kind of celebrity in your own life like everybody treats you really differently everybody treats you the way you kind of wanted to be treated for the most of your life anyway Like suddenly people are opening doors and you're like thank you that's what i kind of yes that's right i am here you're right yes, i like this you know it's quite nice um, but then, you know, you have the baby and nobody cares about you anymore. Um, so it's kind of, you know, back to normal. Um, but I would, it's very strange and you're like, well, what is it? Is it me? Is it the baby? Is it the bump? Is it the pregnancy? It's nothing specific. You just kind of, you get treated completely differently when you're pregnant. And that's what I wanted to explore. That's what young Mummy's is about. Yeah, it's really interesting. Thank you. So a big issue in filmmaking
0: and especially with short films is funding and very difficult process. And it's often not talked about enough because it's quite, you know, taboo. So if you're okay with answering, um, how was your experience with um, getting funding for army, and did you encounter any problems and kind of what advice would you have for any kind of aspiring short filmmakers with how to secure funding and how to go about that kind of um, minefield?
1: Well, first of all, I think there's there's a lot out there that's, uh, you know, especially in the UK in terms of funding and grants, there are a lot. So I would suggest to apply for them all and not just focus on one um, depending on what your project is and, and what the the main focus is of, of the fund and the grant. Because I guess like we're very lucky in the UK to have those um, elements. It is extremely competitive. So one of the biggest things I would say certainly is to make sure that your script, first of all, is production ready before you submit to any sort of fund. That's generally a criteria around the BFI um, funding as well. So you don't want to be handing in like draft one and being like, this is it. This is the film. Um, and also, like, you know, even if you feel it's production ready, you're going to go through another eight, nine, 10 edits, you know, with the execs. And it's it's quite a long process. I think the other thing that people don't realise as well is, yes, you've got your application state, uh, you know, sections, then you've got the waiting, in, and then you've got the list in and then you know, it, it, and if if you're lucky enough to get through to funding, and again, it's very competitive, and then over that time, you have almost still time to develop your film, work with the producer, work with the execs, um, and they will always give notes on what they think will help the project as well in terms of from a creative point. So I guess yeah, with 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 the process, it's it's really just making sure that everything can be as best as it can be before you submit. Um, you know, your budgets just because if you've got. If they've got a fund of twenty five thousand, for instance, don't budget your films twenty five thousand if it's only really a ten thousand short, because they will look at that application and know that you've not done your homework. So it's really important to take in consideration your locations, the areas you're going to shoot. Um, we shot in Bristol, so this was Southwest funding from the BFI. Um, so look at other areas and people that you can work with. Um, if I went for a London uh, application, I, it would have been very, very, very competitive and probably a lot more people. So they they have lots of areas, regional areas that you can apply for. But again, it's all down to the script and the team and everything that you provide into that application.
2: I would also add um, to uh, if you are literally just a script writer, or a director, writer, director wanting to get your work made is to enter script contests with cash prizes. Um, because like, for example, the IMDb Script to Screen Award, we entered that with Choose Your Weapon. Um, and luckily I met JD in between and they uh, basically, I, I won it and we won it with the script in 2021 and they gave us an extra 5K, which was an amazing cash prize. And basically that is most, if you've got a script that, that wins something like that, that pays for the film. Um and that allowed us to pay for our post-production, which we had no plan for. So yeah. that was kind of really, really good to be able to do that. So if you're just literally like, well, I don't have a producer, I don't know how to meet execs, I don't know how to do this. The only the way to get it is to basically just enter your script, the best script. JD's completely right, the best version of that script it could possibly possibly be into contests with cash prizes and then and then see if you can find a
1: producer off that because you will find a producer if you've got money already. It also continues because once you've shot the project as well like you you're the one doing all the the entries into festivals and forms and it's a continuous full-time job in order for it to be successful once your film's done and it's signed off it's all down to the producer and the production company to to push it out there they're not going to do that for you um you've really got to be self-motivated and self-driven in the process
0: so on that note of festivals and kind of getting your film out there once it's made, what was your festival strategy like with Yummy Mummy? Obviously, this is a film festival podcast, but we do quite a lot of kind of behind the scenes of a festival as well as kind of tips. So how did you go about um, choosing kind of your festival strategy and like which festivals did you choose to enter? And like, how did you go about choosing those?
1: Because Gabriella has uh, upper work that's been in festivals and so have I. I guess the first thing we did was kind of look at the ones that we'd both gotten into collaboratively and separately being horror um just targeting all those kind of horror festivals and again looking at directors whose work we admire that's gone into festivals as well that's pretty much the process
2: yeah I mean usually what I do is, is that you have the unicorns like the big ones so the worldwide unicorns UK unicorns so big ones in the UK like the what the really big fish that you kind of want to get and you're like oh yeah I definitely want to get into that one genre specific ones next one down women's ones that's usually genre specific and women depending on like if you just do a drama then you get rid of genre specific you just do women's ones like women x which are really good and then the free ones and basically you just kind of go down that list and bish bash and that that can take you up to a grand two
1: grand yeah easy does it help to have a government backing and funding yes definitely it gives you a little bit more leverage i think you have to decide like for instance sundance said that they get eleven thousand submissions for a short section every time and then you have to get it down to like 60 films to screen so it's these are the things that you have to counterbalance with like am i going to go for a genre horror fest that's like medium sized over sundance like what's what's the chances of so yeah. you just got to do your homework and, and spend your money wisely because it goes quick. So when we chatted to you last year, you mentioned that you had very
0: different backgrounds um, going into film. Um, so how did the partnership of like writer, director and producer kind of come about between you two?
1: I think we just normalised each other <laughs> on collaborating. I think because I think when, when it comes to very like cross-genre um, writing and work. I always came from a stunt comedy action background myself and had directed action and comedy stuff uh, and was writing shows around that. And then when Gabriella and I got introduced and I read her scripts, they just jumped off the page to me. So I think I could really see where her imagination was going with certain uh, aspects in her writing and her genre. And then I think... I think we're both just very supportive of each other in terms of like each other's visions. And, uh, I think it's really important that you trust, especially writer director producer relationships. You, you, first of all, you need to be able to get on and be honest with each other and, you know, not be afraid to hurt each other's feelings, which I don't think we are. I think we're pretty like straight up and, you know, I'm nodding, I'm
2: nodding, I'm nodding just with yeah. the podcast people. I'm nodding. Enthusiasm.
1: Yeah. She's not ignoring me. She's not like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think it's it's all down to like relationship, but as well as um, like the content that you're bringing and. and it- Wanting to be, you know, part of of the filmmaking process together.
2: Yeah. So, So, I mean, and the other thing from my perspective is that I've always produced my own stuff. I've never trusted any other human to produce my own stuff before. And JD was the first human who I was like, you can, you, you can do it. You do Excel spreadsheets and it's beautiful and you fill in forms and you're really good. She is the hardest working person. I would only trust my own, my films, I guess, my work to somebody who works harder than me. She's basically the hardest working person I've kind of ever met. Um, and so I was really like, brilliant, great. This is, and also somebody that you can kind of text at like 2am saying something like, yeah, heatproof gloves. And then she's like on it. And you're like, yes, this is kind of what you want. That sort of synergy, like yeah. the synergy of like, yes, I thought of heatproof gloves five minutes ago, thinking the same thing, bud. And you're like, yeah. And it's kind of like, oh, you just kind of. Telepathic
0: really almost. Yeah. Oh, it's really good how you guys have found each other, like not only. Isn't that like good kind of working director-writer-producer relationship, but also with the same kind of like creative vision? That's really good. That's brilliant. So speaking about your partnership, can you tell us about any upcoming projects you're working on, either together or
1: individually? Yeah, slightly a little bit of a diversion for me um, because I have been producing a lot for the last few years. So I've gone back into directing a bit more recently, which is kind of where I started and then fell into producing and writing a lot more. Um, so I've just wrapped on a film I direct. I directed and produced it, a comedy called Sticky Fingers, which is starring Amit Shah and Jack Bradley. So that's in post production right now, and I'm just going into pre production on a another comedy action short called The First Date. It's very kind of um, yeah Jackie Chan, Kung Fu Panda style Amazing. stuff. So I'm doing that and I also just got onto the director's UK inspire scheme so I am being mentored by Jennifer Sheridan who's just directed extraordinary from Disney plus so I've got this year action plan with her mapped out so the last two weeks I've been sitting in on extraordinary on the edit ADR grade mm-hmm. so yeah it's very exciting and I'm glad to kind of get back into the the directing seat um and i'm still i'm still pitching my my work and things like that but i'm doing much less in front of camera i am still producing but it would have to be something that would really now because producing
2: super hard why would you want to do that for anything I mean yeah a, yeah the worst job frankly it's really it's a it'd have to be
1: something super like that would i really want to do um especially so with by like
0: gabriella basically
1: yeah yeah exactly yeah so I am starting to limit that a little bit at the moment, just just to kind of focus the next year on, on those things as well.
0: Congratulations. That sounds amazing. I guess Thank with you, you directing as well, that kind of helps into your partnership kind of understanding where like especially with you um, Gabriella having produced your own films for as well, kind of understanding each of his role. That probably yeah.
2: definitely helps. Producing is the hardest part, especially if you're a good producer. If you're a crap producer, it's not hard at all. Yeah, but if you're, right, totally right. I feel yeah. like it's a role
0: in a film that a lot of people don't really know, especially kind of people who aren't kind of in the industry. Cause but then it's like also kind of the one of the biggest and the most kind of like, and the hardest, as you said. But then That's why like...
2: JD won Best Producer last year at Women X for Choose Your Weapon because she is the best producer. That's genuinely like super cool. And I'm really lucky to have had her on both of these projects. But yeah, I'm also I'm working on a collaboration with the Bristol School of Acting to make my next short, which is a gothic horror. And going to be the last part of my motherhood trilogy, actually. Uh there's gonna be uh, there's gonna be one more about motherhood and then next menopause probably. <laughs> I reckon that's <laughs> probably gonna be the next subject. Probably. Uh or just general tiredness and shock at how terrifyingly life eating kids are. Maybe something like that. Um, but yeah, it's uh I basically that's what I've been doing is I, I had a baby in, in November, my second child, and we are now uh loving life as a family of four slash trying to just crisis fight our way through the day so yeah that's kind of you know um but this next short is going to be shooting next february um and it's an amazing thing to be working with young people they're all they're all 19 so it's going to be a super weird project and everybody in it is going to be the same age but i'm not going to like make people look older or anything but anyway it's going to be good it's going to be really fun and they're all amazing and they're all really just super talented and really earnest and really cool and really like they really believe in themselves and their tiny little hearts and their tiny little oh i love them i love them all so much they're brilliant and i'm really looking forward to doing it i hope that goes well and that's basically the only thing i'm i'm working on apart from the chooser weapon with you jd i guess that's kind of it really Thank yeah think, but that sounds very exciting both of those very excited for the chooser weapon tv show yeah, yeah well it might take a long time coming but you know don't uh, don't hold your breath yet
1: <laughs> yeah any commissioners out there want to take a look yeah,
2: yeah. okay yeah advertise <laughs> do your <Gotcha>. pitch now
0: <laughs> so i think that's all we've got time for today so thank you both for coming on the podcast it's been lovely chatting to you and i loved yummy mummy and i think everyone else who will see it at woman x will too um so woman x is happening from the 9th of september in darlington and tickets are available now and if you want to subscribe to the next film festival podcast for more interviews with filmmakers looks at behind the scenes of festival and festival tips please do so